0: tonight. And uh, so uh, we're going to just ask the Lord's blessing upon our service first and foremost. Let's bow our heads if you will. Father in heaven, we do thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, for who and what you are. We thank you for that which you've given us. Lord, I do want to thank you for the glorious weather. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the clear skies, the warm sun, the heat that you blessed us with. Uh, Father, I thank you for traveling mercies, for good health. Uh, for everything that you have done for us and what you are currently doing and what you are going to do. And I just pray this evening, uh, Lord, simple sermon tonight, I pray that we can apply it into our hearts, our minds, and our life uh, in a manner, Father, that would bring honor and glory to you. Lord, I pray that whatever every, whatever person needs the most tonight, I pray, dear God, that you would speak to their heart and grant it unto them in a way, Father, that would change their direction, change their life, move them forward in the way, again, pleasing to the name of our risen Savior. Lord, we give you all the glory, give you all the praise. We can do nothing without you, but we want to do all things for you. And we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus tonight. Amen and oh amen if you're willing and able to not ask you to stand for the reading of our word for our sermon tonight we're going to be coming out of proverbs chapter 11 proverbs chapter 11 verses one through eight the verses are on the screen and so if we'll stand in honor of reading the word of god we'll get into that and get into the message tonight proverbs chapter 11 looking at verses one through eight the bible says a false mouth with a lowly is wisdom the integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perversiveness of transgressors shall destroy them. Richest profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright shall deliver them, but the transgressors shall be taken with their own naughtiness. When a wicked man dieth, his expectation shall perish, and the hope of unjust men perisheth. Verse 8 says, The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his steed. Thank you so much for standing. Please be seated, if you will. Several years ago, I uh, we were in a... We were in a camp meeting, and um, I was actually kind of uh, going back and forth, because uh, I'm not sure if, if many people know what a camp meeting is here. Uh, when you look up the definition of a camp meeting, it, it's actually defined in Webster's Dictionary as a uh, as a series of uh, evangelistic meetings, uh, preachers coming together and preaching the gospel. Uh, that's what a camp meeting is. We call them gospel meetings, revival meetings, all these different things. I don't really prefer calling it a revival meeting, because a revival is, is to bring back something that was uh, once alive, bring it back from the dead, and, and a revival is something different, and it's not in our hands. You can't schedule that or a book it, but anyway, nonetheless, a camp meeting was a time and a place where a group of preachers and their families came together. I believe we were up north somewhere in this meeting many years ago. And uh, it wasn't that I wasn't paying attention. I was listening to the preaching, enjoying the singing, and all of this and that. And we had a great time there at the meeting. But Bailey had given me this pen. And I meant to wear it tonight so that I could show it to you guys. She would given me this pen that had a spirit level on it. It had a stylus on one end. You could poke your iPad or whatever you know you on that. Uh, you could twist it and you could write with it. It had a little uh, ruler on it as well. You could use it as a measuring tool. But up at the top it had a little spirit level. And, and I really I thought that was a, a neat gift. I think she gave it to me for my birthday that year or Father's Day or, or what it may have been. But believe it or not, it, as funny as it may sound, me looking down at this pen, I'm, I'm in my seat and I'm looking down at this pen and my daughter had given me, uh, given me that year and, and I, I just kept working on trying to keep the bubble between the lines. And I wanted to see how long I could I know it's silly, but I was an only child. You gotta figure out I had to come up with ways to entertain myself. You know, I wanted I sat there and as I was leveling it back and forth, I wanted to see how long I could keep that bubble Right, dead in the center, and away from lies. And as funny as it may seem, guys, that's the thought tonight. That's the thought of what I want to bring to you is keeping it, keeping within the lines, keeping within the lines, uh, guys. And it ties into everyday life. And again, it especially ties into our our day and age right now, in uh, where we are. Seasonal changes, guys. Certain milestones that we reach in our life, we want to focus on keeping our life within the lines, and or even the holiday season, even the holiday times, and. The battle in our life, no matter what may be, whether it's family, whether it's work, whether it's home, whether it's church, whether it's it's hobbies, whatever it is, the battle in our life is to keep the bubble between the lines. Keep it between the lines and live in a balanced life. And that's going to be our struggle, guys. And we, we see people, and I'm going to say this, and I believe it to be true in all my heart. I've seen it too many times, but oftentimes we see it, especially in men. We just see it in men uh, getting outside of the lines. Men have a tendency to get outside the lines more than ladies, and, and and even without knowing it. we What we refer to it as, we say it's a midlife crisis, a midlife crisis. And, and guys, it's a real thing. It, it, it's a real thing, and we need to understand this, guys. We need to understand it. You know, I'm 10 years on the backside of 40, and I know what it's like. And, and I've advised men for many years now, and taking the advice from other, other people that you never make, you never make a life altering decision between the ages of 38 and 40. You just don't do it. And that goes against a lot of, uh, a lot of teaching, a lot of what people are doing and, and, and functioning and how they're, they're working their homes, working their life, working their business, working uh, their, their, their own health, their fitness, all of these things comes into play. Because there's something that happens within the, the brains of men, causing them to behave irrationally at times, making the ill decisions, and it's just it is what it is. You know, it's not it's not a personal thing. Uh, it's not a difference between uh, an American, a Welsh, a, uh, you know, a German. It's men. It's men in general. Guys, we're men of like passion. We all put our trousers on the same way. We have the same blood inside of us, the same genetics, there, and we cannot get past that point. And despite how or where you were raised. This is a reality in our life. I can't explain it, but the best thing I can do is just keep within the lines. Can I say this to you tonight, guys, that our life is not meant to be chaotic. It's not. Uh, Even though the the busyness of life often seems to be so, we allow the busyness of our days, the the, the day-to-day business, if you will, We'd allow that business to become normal, become the norm, without having checks and balances in our life and to see, guys, if we're just adapting to the chaos. And that's a problem, guys. That's an issue. You cannot adapt to the chaos if you try to treat it as if something normal that like gets supposed to be there and stay within the lines. You can't do that. That's not going to work. It won't work in our life. It won't work in any life. When Paul, the Apostle Paul, writes to the, uh, the Corinthian church, he made this statement. He made it very clear. He said, let all things be done decently and in order. Now, here's what's interesting about that. That's, on the, that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It's on the backside of him teaching them about certain gifts within the church. And without going into a long, drawn-out uh, ordeal of that, dispensationally speaking, there were certain things that happened in the first century church, in the very birth of the church if you will, Acts chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, and 7, 8, 9, and 10, there were certain things that happened that are not to happen today. They're just not for us, okay? Now, some people don't like that because they want everything they can get uh, out of those times. We need to understand that some things were building blocks. Some things were meant to be there to build upon where we are today, okay? Here's what I want you to keep in mind, and uh, is that in the days when Paul's writing First Corinthians fourteen, and he's telling the Corinthian church, look, you gotta stop acting like a fool, you gotta quit doing this, you gotta act right, you gotta do right, there needs to be order in the church, there needs to be discipline in the church, there needs to be commitment in the church, we need to have this one as a leader, not that one, we need to have this one as that, not this one. And when Paul was saying this, everything needs to be done decently in order, guess what scripture he was able to establish all of that from? The Old Testament. See, we have a completed work today. We have a completed work of 66 books that God has ordained. He's inspired. He's preserved. And he's given it to us today exactly how it was written in that Bible right there in the scripture on the screen. Paul didn't have that. Paul was preaching about revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ and the knowledge that he had of the Old Testament that spoke of Jesus Christ, you see. And so what we need to understand is when Paul begins to write these things, he's saying, look, we're not going to have chaos in the church. God didn't have chaos in the temple in the Old Testament. He didn't have chaos in the tabernacle in the wilderness. And he's not going to have chaos in the church either. And, guys, here's what we need to understand. The church is not the four walls that we're sat in here today. We're meeting here as a church. But we're talking about our life. So just as the Apostle Paul was telling them, the church needs to be done. It needs to be decent and in order. Our lives need to be decent and in order. How do we do that? Well, guys, you know what? We start to work to keep within the lines. God is a God of order. He's He is a God of discipline. He is a God of direction. And we need to remember that He is. And even during the holiday season, even during the times when we're off and about and and it's holiday time and seasonal changes, even when we get into those days of when we have changes in our own life, God's still a God of order. Job said this, the oldest book in the entire Bible. uh, He says, let me be weighed in an even balance that God may may, may know mine integrity. I'll tell you what, I'm going to say this to you tonight. I wonder how many of us this evening would be willing to write that upon the wall of our house, the table of our heart. How many of us would stand before God Almighty, the creator of all things, all powerful, all knowing, always have been, always will be. And say, I want to be weighed in an even balance. What is an even balance? That's a just balance. I mean, it doesn't, it's not faulty. That way, when there's nothing on that balance, it sets there, it sits there square, just like it's staying between the lines. And Job says, Let me be weighed in an even balance, a just balance. That God may know my integrity. You see, guys, we need to look at our life at the present moment of where we are. You know, what time of year it may be doesn't matter. I mean, Do you become more distracted during Christmas, during summer, during end of Q3? For most, uh, you know. Again, I have a. I I reference quite often. I know uh, the quarter system is a why because at the end of Q3, EDA has come forward. That's when you begin to look at the the earnings prior to the cost and what your P and L statements and things like that in a business. That's that's how it works, and you begin to establish your quarterly earnings and projections at the end of Q3. That's how it works. We get nervous, and I mean, again, I know it's just a few of us here tonight, but I mean, you know, business owners, Q3, risky time, because you're having a plan for what you're going to do for Q1 of the, fall of the next year. So when do you get antsy? When do you get busy? When? How does your life change and fluctuate? How do you balance within the lines during the times that hmm, make it a little sketchy? Christmas time is a good one to look, and I believe, and, you know, there's a bazillion little catchphrases I know that we throw out there for uh, the Christmas time, and we always say, well, Jesus is the reason, and, and he's the reason for the season, and, and guys, and I know it gains quite a bit of traction, and I'm not against it, I love it, it's a, it's a wonderful thing, and, uh, you know, but, but a lot of times, the Christmas season, guys, we endeavor to prevent uh, the the busyness of November and December to really take power of our life. That's how in the way you know what happens if we're trying to hold back that busyness, and then those last two months of the year come in, it steamrolls our lives. We get caught up in all the things that have to be done. And guys, listen, I'm not I'm not this you know I'm I'm preaching to every one of us here tonight. When November rolls around for us, or really the end of October, it is a mad dash to the year with everything that we have going on between the churches. It is it, it's literally crazy, and I understand that but you know the thing about it is is we try to say well you know what we'll get through December and then it'll get back to normal and you know the problem with that is I come back to what I said sadly getting back to normal often takes the takes the toll on our own lives, our families, our friends, our relationships, the people that we care deeply about. We allow that busyness and getting out of the line so much for those eight weeks, if you will. It takes such a toll that we allow so many unnecessary things to clutter up our days and distract us from the people that we need relationally, people that we have invested in. We we get so busy, we forget about it. Why? Because we're getting out of the lines. And what happens, guys, is as December closes and the new year opens, two types of people emerge, okay? Now, for me, guys, I start planning and scheduling to that. The next year, I start doing it this month. And July is my year that I start planning what we're going to do next year in the churches. That's just worked out better for me to do that rather than trying to wait till November with everything that goes on. But what happens, guys, when we... Two people emerge at the end of that year, and there are those who shut down completely in January. Uh, they walk in what we call recovery mode, and, and there's others who run into January with excitement and zeal. and I mean, they fire up the forces for the new year, ready to bring in the next chapter with new schedules and themes and plans and bookings and all of these different things. And the reality is both of them have the potential to suffer the same demise. The one who shuts down evidently will, will fall behind. There, there's no way. You're going to fall behind if you shut down for January. And when February arrives, arises or arrives, I'm sorry, uh, you're, you're going to run around frantically trying to attempt to trying to catch up with all the things that, that you spent the last month forsaking and put it on the back burner. Why? Because we've lived outside the lines in the opposite direction. The same thing in the summertime. By the time Q3 comes to an end, a lot of people, if you've shut down in, Q, in Q, uh, Q3 or in the front end of Q3, and you're thinking by the time the third quarter comes to an end, well, I'll make it up then, you'll never make it up. Why? Because you lived outside the lines over here. Now you're shifting to the other side of the lines. The other one who had no rest will see the, the first two quarters of the year by staying ahead of them, and it will cause them to overreach, and they'll begin to finding the next things to employ their lives and their home, their family, and their business, looking for that next advantage. It's called, the, it's called the disease of more in business terminology. It's technically stage four of a failing business, according to Jim Collins in his book, How the, How the Mighty Fall. The disease of more. Guys, just because it's business, it, it works the same in the family. It's not who I'm preaching to tonight. That's what I'm talking about. That's not a business seminar. So here are some questions that we have to ask ourselves. We are knee-deep in either activities or so-called recovery. Things that fill our diaries. What, what fills our diaries? What is filling our daily, our daily works? Ask ourselves, is the activity really how I want to spend my time today? It's what I'm looking at in my diary. Is this how I want to spend the next 8, 10, 12 hours of my day? Or uh, I understand during our, in our life there's, there's socials, there's events, there's gatherings, there's shoppings, there's meetings. There's all these different things that we are important in our life. And are they fun? Most of them, most of them yes, are fun. Are all events necessary? No, they're not. You have a limited amount of time every single day. And if you're going to stay within the lines, you're going to have to pick and choose what's going to be best for you and what's going to help you and your family to propel to the next generation. And reality is, guys, most of the things we do socially, they may be fun for the time being. They're not going to benefit you in the, in the world to come. They're not going to benefit you in the decade to come. I mean, while you and I may want to be involved in every fun thing, guys, we have to understand what is it the best use of our time. We need to consider limiting our outings and events and the things that they really tire our diaries up. That really and truly they, they make that balance lean to one side. They pull us out of the lines that we need to be in the middle of. So how do we keep our vital relationships a priority in the midst of say holiday season or the summer rush or life's demanding roles, how in the world are we going to keep those relationships that are so near and dear to us, our homes, our families, our husbands, our wives, our, our friends, our our immediate family, how are we going to keep those in the demanding roles while still trying to meet the needs of all these, or the wants, I should say, of all these other things? Rather than being swa- swallowed up, guys, in the madness, by keeping within the lines in our life, we can spend a portion of time each day in these areas, and that's fantastic. I was always impressed. I'm not a fan of, well, I'm not going to call the president's name. Anyway, I wasn't a fan of him when he was a president, but I, I remember reading an article of him one time, and when he would come through like a social meeting that they would have with all these donors and fundraisers and whatnot, he had exactly 12 seconds to spend with every person there. So when he came and he shook hands with someone, 12 seconds. And when that 12 seconds was up, he was to the next one. But he, he had a, a, an ability. To make that twelve seconds seem like it was forever, you know, and I, and I think that's interesting. I, I really was was attracted, I was drawn to that that uh, that ability to manage time well and stay within the lines. I thought that was impressive, and I believe that we can employ things like that in our own life, guys. And I I, I found I found that when when we make little time each day, we'll be surprised at just how much return we have, in that just simple little contribution. Relationships can fit into the same principle between chaos and order, I and mean, for the most part, the relationships in your life may be in a healthy place, and that's a blessing. But some, some there are there are some that are those that are lingering negative feelings about about people in your life, or about, about friends or family or coworkers, or or something like that. A person whose actions that that cause you to roll your eyes and excel alongside because you wonder if they'll ever change, and you just you invest in them, and that's a blessing. I'll say this, guys, if forgiveness is an order in your life, you need to forgive them. We had this conversation over the weekend uh, with, uh, with an individual from two decades ago. and uh, He rang me up on the phone and we chatted. And I said, look, and man, that's two decades. It's been in my rear view for a long time. I have no problems, no, quor- no, no quorums with you, no issues, what's at all. But guys, if it's not forgiveness, would you be willing to ask your Heavenly Father tonight? I mean, what what makes you so hurt in the life that we're in? What what is drawing and draining the energy in your life? That's drawing you to each sides, and chances are that that it, that it'll do nothing. It'll do nothing more than balance your life out in a way that's only going to benefit you and those around you. That's that's keeping within the lines. I told you a simple, simple message. You know what are we going to do? We allow the Holy Spirit to excavate bitterness in our places and our hearts and. Areas of our lives that we can start living life to the fullest. And not just in the summer holiday rush or the Christmas season, but the entire year. It's all about a balance, guys. It's about a proper balance. The bottom line is that, guys, we must strive to keep within the lines all year long. What's it going to take? Well, again, I go back to our opening verse, our opening text, Proverbs chapter 11. And the Bible tells us in verse 1, it says, A false balance is an abomination unto the Lord, but a just weight is His delight. The first thing it's going to take, and this is quick tonight, it's going to take some concentration. It's going to take some concentration. If you're going to remain within the lines, if you're going to live a balanced life, guys, you're going to have to be focused. You're going to have to be focused on the prize. You're going to be focused on, on the task at hand. And we must always remember that, guys, we're not just floating through life. We're not floating through the world aimlessly, but rather we are all here to serve a purpose, a purpose not found from looking from within, a purpose that is greater than ourselves, one which, in which glory is brought to the Savior, guys. A purpose fulfilled by the completion of our course. It was the Apostle Paul who completed his course just months before his final breath in this world. Uh, he, he wrote these words to young Timothy, saying, uh, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is hand. I have fought a good fight. I have, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. That's what Paul said. The Apostle Paul, in my opinion, the greatest Christian who ever lived. You know what it took for Paul to be who he was? It took concentration. It took him staying you know, within the lines. And you say, well, how am I going to do this, preacher? You don't understand how busy my life is. And I get that. I understand we're all busy. and I get that. But you know what? You also have a connection tonight. You have a connection in your life that that's going to help you get where you need to go. You know, verse 2 in the same chapter tells us, it says, when pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. With the lowly is wisdom in verse 11 or in chapter 11 we find here in verse 3 this is where i wanted to go and it's not on the screen but i'm going to read it to you it builds from there it says with the lowly is wisdom and then verse 3 says the integrity of the upright shall guide them integrity that word integrity is interesting guys very interesting in- integrity is is defined as the quality of being honest and having a strong moral principles one of the worst things to be known as, or accused of, as a liar, much like a hypocrite, which is a is defined literally as a play actor, one who says one thing, lives another. That's what it's, a, it's like a play actor, somebody that does a acting like a, a thespian. Uh, but Jesus Christ rebuked the Pharisees for this very same thing. This is what he said. He says, "You are of your father, the devil, the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar." And the father of it. That's deep, man. That's deep. The origins of of the word integrity comes from uh, integral. It means entirely. It means complete. Now, I say that to you tonight, guys, because it's going to take concentration to stay within the lines. But you have a connection this evening that makes us complete. It's not me. It's not your friends. It's not your family. It's not some with some deep dark. Medit- it's 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 something that is a connection that is with God that it keeps us connected to Him. That's how you're going to stay within the lines this evening. Romans eight twenty seven tells us this. It says clearly. It says that he that searches the hearts knoweth what is a, is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. You know the reality is this this evening. We are connected by the Holy Spirit of God, a saved, born-again individual, someone who has made the confession sure and strong that they they, they know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Now you have a connection to that Holy Spirit, and that connection is what's going to help you and aid you and guide you to keep within the lines. Again, I come back to the point. God's not going to bring you into chaos. And we've covered this in in Psalm 23, verse 2, that he leadeth me beside the still waters. He maketh me lie down in in green pastures, doesn't he? If you find that you've got chaos and disorder and this and that in your life, guys, I can promise you here this evening, as much as I am standing here, God's not doing that to you. God's not doing that to you. He, he's not bringing chaos in your life. So lastly tonight, guys, if we're going to stay between the lines, we're going to have to have a continuation. We're going to have to have a continuation. I'll read the verse. Verse 5 says, The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall. By his own wickedness. The righteous of the perfect. Now here, perfect doesn't mean sinless. It means mature. It means complete. The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way. Here ends the struggle, guys. Anyone can maintain a balanced life for a short period of time. I've always said this, and you've heard me say it time and time again. Anyone can do anything for a short period of time, but the work will begin when we have to continue, it takes work, it takes effort, it takes sweat, it takes labor to keep within the lines. I'm reminded of a story in 1555 uh, as part of her campaign to reestablish the Catholic Church in England. Queen Mary, also known as Bloody Mary, arranged for John Philpott, one of the leading Protestant ministers of the day, to be burned at the stake. When his death was sentenced and pronounced, uh, Philpot said, I am, I am, I am ready. He said, God grant me strength and a joyful resurrection. He said, and Philpott walked through the place of the execution on his own rather than having to be dragged to it. When he reached it, he knelt and he kissed the stake at which he would be burned. You know, guys, it's easy for us to focus on our problems. It's easy for us to think they're larger than they really are. It's easy for us to look at life too often many a times through a magnifying glass rather than through a spirit level of keeping in between the lines. So I want to encourage you tonight, guys, that no matter what comes into your life, no matter what you may be dealing with, no matter what you're dealing with today, it may be different than what you're going to be dealing with tomorrow or Tuesday or the next day or next week or next year. If you will focus on this idea, if you will focus on this just weight, if you will focus on this just balance, this, this balance that is where it needs to be, which is a delight unto God. If you'll focus on that in your life and simply keep it within the lines, things will come to you in such a way. Much I'm not gonna say much easier. It's not gonna be without trials and, you know, life takes work, man. Life is hard. It wasn't meant to be easy. Anything easy is not worth doing. But I'll tell you it sure is worth it. And if you'll keep it between the lines, guys, if you'll try not to get outside of those lines as best of your ability, if you'll try to live that balanced life, something that's going to bring glory to God, something that's going to help you, your family, your friends, and everything else that is around you today, things will work so much smoother. Your life will be easier. Guys, I'm saying all this to you tonight from personal experience. Every single drop. I know what it's like to get so far out of those lines. That I could feel the stress, I could feel the veins in my head popping and flaring. Nisi knows what it looks like with me. I know what it's—I I know what it's like, and I'm sure you do too. But I tell you, when we keep it within the lines and we live that balanced life, and we understand that ultimately God's in control, we just need to do our job and do our work. Life works out just a little bit better. Life works out a little bit sweeter. Seems to be a little more joy in the morning. You bow your heads with me tonight. Father, thank you, Lord, for the time and opportunity to be here. Thank you for this message tonight. I do pray. Ultimately, it will be a blessing to everyone here, everyone that will hear this in whatever venue it may be. Lord, I ask that you please will bless the closing song this evening, again, our time together, those who aren't here, be it travel, sickness, whatever. Lord, I pray you help them, Lord. Touch them, watch over them. But Father, I do thank you for the opportunity to be together tonight. I thank you for giving us... Just another Sunday evening, Lord, to come and worship you in spirit and truth. I thank you for the simplicity of coming to you and worshiping in the manner that we have. And just ask you tonight, Lord, to please help the people. Help them, Father, in the way that that you've helped me and you've helped so many more before us. I do pray that you continue to help us all and lead us and guide us and order our steps, Father, in whatever endeavors lie before us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen and amen. I do hope and pray that the preaching and teaching of the word of God was a blessing to your heart tonight. All right. So everybody says no we want to have fellowship this month i'm gonna go ahead and push it on to august and so we'll be on the last uh, uh sunday of august the 28th uh, bible study It'll be on the 29th of july 10 a.m and again i've already told you about the offering guys we'll get that sorted and um so the uh, church one app don't forget that guys just go ahead and uh use the qr code upload the app and you'll be able to get the sermons directly to your your phone and then um thursday we'll have released the uh, Fundamentals of the Faith Part 2. It's going to be uh, the second portion of the Bible uh, The Bible is uh, sole Authority for Faith and Practice. I'm purposely keeping the lessons short, all right? So they're like 20, 24 minutes long so that you can listen to them on the way or to and from, wherever you're going. If you do, the PDF's always going to be there. If you want to go on there and pull the PDF off and learn, uh, learn these things, that's fine. But, I'm, I, guys, the reason I've, I've chosen to do this, and I know it's going to be last week and I'll be done, uh, is, you know, we have one shot. I have Sunday night down here to try to bring something to the table to give you some meat that's going to help you throughout the week uh, in your spiritual, emotional, mental lives. Okay, guys, and primarily we're trying to feed you spiritual food. We want that to build up, which has a consequence on your physical and your emotional and your mental lives as well, okay? It always will. It always has, and, uh, and we know that. So I have one shot. So I have to be very selective in what we preach, and I ask the Lord what he wants me to preach each, each uh, uh, Sunday. Now, I will tell you this. Um, I'm working on a message for next Sunday. I'm excited about it. and It's talking about passing the test of life. And uh, we all know what it's like to fail them. I think the past two Sundays at church, I failed miserably when we had technical difficulties that we had. with Speakers dying and computers dying and all that stuff. But nonetheless, uh, I want to bring that to the table next week. But that's why we're doing this online series is just to give you guys something extra that you can listen to. It's quick, short, sharp but it's foundational teaching of what Christian identity is, what true Christianity got us, uh the foundation of where it came from. Okay? All right, guys, so I appreciate that. I want ask Daniel to please dismiss us in prayer, and we'll have a little bit of time to fellowship. Father, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank for this day, Lord. Thank you for Please listen to the message everyone's
1: was hard, Lord. Please let everyone understand it. completely, the Lord. Jesus, I Amen. Amen. All right.